What's up and welcome to this week's podcast. My name is Glenn Rhodes with Lost, Confused, and Hopeful. This week's episode is called We've Got Issues, and we focus on issues. I ask students about what they think is their biggest challenge here at our high school. We talk about a new program that Valen Turner started. I have an interview with her and her project called Not In Our House. We look at a donut disaster and we talk a little bit about Vox Pop interview and the work that we've done on our podcast this week. So I hope you guys enjoy this short, abbreviated podcast that has a lot of powerful content. So thank you guys for listening. Podcasting has become one of my favorite ways to capture what's going on in my classroom. To reflect back on a couple years of reactions to things, um, I mean, as a teacher, you're always choosing what you react to and how you react and just the way you handle different situations. I think I've grown a lot. Uh, I had a student this week uh, drop a box of donuts on the floor in the middle of instructions. I was going over what was going on and this poor box of donuts just falls off the desk and spills open and powdered sugar and sprinkles go everywhere and donuts start to roll across the floor like small tires and students scramble and laugh and you know exclaim and everything is completely interrupted and so I grab my phone I open the app and I run over and start asking questions All right, so you just dropped all the donuts on the floor. How do you feel? I feel so bad. They were supposed to be for my freshmen that I mentor. Oh, and you just let a whole bunch of freshmen down by dropping the donuts. Like, what are you going to do to make this situation better? I might just have to cry. This is so bad. Cool. Do you think that it's acceptable just to put them back and give it to them anyway? No, definitely not. I feel so bad. I'll just cut the donuts in half. They only get half. This week was all about Vox Pop. Vox Pop is literally grabbing someone's voice, Vox, on the street, just popping up out of in, out of anywhere, really, and asking questions. Usually the questions are scripted, the responses are completely candid, and the person you're asking doesn't really get a chance to see you coming. And this interview strategy works great with people on the street. It's something that we looked at some examples with from NPR to a great Radio Rookies video on how to do Vox Pop. And it's something that's been really enjoyable doing myself in the classroom and hallways here at Lanier. I asked students what they thought was the biggest problem that they were facing, or I asked teachers what problem they thought students were struggling with the most. And the responses were, Interesting. What do you think is the biggest problem that students face here? Like certain kids are thought of in a certain way based on things. Like based on your grades and how you dress and how you look and things like that, you're sort of 
almost judged by everyone in the school, including the teachers. Like, yeah, that is facts. It's whole facts. But like, I used to wear pajamas to school every day because I just didn't want to get dressed in the morning, and my teachers did not think as highly as me as when I dressed normally. And I think that's just something that shouldn't happen in the school. School is a lot of work sometimes, and we have like extracurricular activities. I feel like there's like a big obligation that like I should go to college right after high school and I feel like I don't know I just feel pressured into doing that and I don't think people realize that like it's just not for me um, I think that they're apathy yeah, yeah, yeah they don't they feel like these things should be done more for them instead of actually participating in sporting events or clubs or making their school a better place they expect other people to do it. I feel like time management is really troublesome for many students, especially our ninth graders, um, and organization, because uh, both of those I think are very effective for being successful in their schoolwork and learning, um, as well as stress. Um, that can help bring down their stress levels, and I feel like a lot of them are overwhelmed. Um, probably lack of focus and like being able to communicate with each other. I think it's trying to fit in, and then while you're trying to fit in, you're doing like you um, students standing up for themselves and believing what they say is right. Accepting new students. I feel like we need some new chairs because I really do enjoy myself a reclining chair. Um, that we don't always understand each other. Like, there are certain students who are like, I don't understand your beliefs, so, um, I'm... you. And then, um, other students who are like, I just don't care. And, like, not caring can be a good thing or a bad thing because if you don't care about anything or anyone how can you be a productive person in a society or in just a productive setting like school is probably lack of caring just in general like not caring about your work not caring about what anyone else thinks not really caring about how everyone else feels about anything you do I'm guilty of this too I'm pretty sure everyone here is guilty of it in some degree Definitely drugs, like vaping and jeweling in the bathrooms. Identity is something that's come up over and over again. Uh, it was kind of the common thread that connected all of these interview questions in some way, shape, or form. Or at the very least, it was every other one that I recorded Identity looks different to different people. The student who's new in the school wants to be accepted, or the teacher feels that students aren't connecting well with their environment and their school. Other students see identity as something that gets expressed through our beliefs and values. But it really all goes back to being accepting of other people and who we are. One of my favorite students whom I've never taught but worked with on several occasions is doing a new project called Not In Our House. And this project is centered around calling attention to the R word or retarded. This is something that I have to do some work with up until recently. It's been not an every day or every month kind of word, but it's something that's slipped out at inappropriate times and, well, really any time is inappropriate. It's just not a word we need to use anymore. And I'll let Valen talk to you more about that, but I was really happy to get a chance to talk with her about the project. 
Hey, so I am here with Valen. Say hi, Valen. Hi. And I just found out that Valen is starting a new campaign in our school. And can you tell me a little bit about what that is? So um, this is uh, called Not in Our House. It's a campaign about um, bringing awareness to uh, the weight of the words retard and retarded and kind of rejecting the link um, between intellectual disability and stupid and dumb. Um, you know, the R word used to be uh, medical terminology. People used to refer to, um, doctors used to refer to people with intellectual disabilities as mentally retarded, you know, mental retardation, but President Obama actually eliminated the word retarded or retard from medical databases. Um, so at this point, really, it's just offensive and outdated, and, um, and kids tend to use it to, you know, replace stupid or dumb. And, and the issue there is that the link is still present between intellectually disabled people and the R word. So um, really, it's just doing a lot of harm, and it's become, I think we've become desensitized to the word, and I think somebody needs to say something about it. That's awesome. So what made you start this program? Um, I had been hearing it a lot more than I was um, sort of used to, and I felt really alone in the, um, in the kind of battle against it and about you know, calling people out, and, and I, I feel like people have become way too used to the R word in, in our culture, and it shouldn't be so casual. I think it's just like any other slur to mm -hmm. any community, like the N word or like calling dumb things gay, right? So it's, it's the same battle for all of it. Thank you so much. I was actually yeah. going to ask a question about that too. So um, that, I think that's really awesome. So thank you so much for putting yourself out there and doing that. What has your response been so far with the campaign? So I've actually been so pleasantly surprised by the response. I've gone to um, just a few classrooms. I've made some announcements at my Performing Arts Academy in Swanee. Um, and you know, I have these wristbands that I ordered and I thought that I got way too many. I got like 200 and um, every time I go into a classroom, like everybody wants one and I really only expected like seven or eight people in each class to be like supportive of it but it seems like there's a lot more support than I expected so it's definitely been a really positive response. Awesome thank you so much and we appreciate you Valen. Absolutely. Thank you. Yay! I'm so proud of my students today. I asked them to do something very difficult and many of them stepped up and honestly some even surprised me. By giving them two very different definition sets of some terms that we've pretty much established fairly concretely in our society, I wanted to show them that based on someone's political ideology, you could get very different concepts on some terms that, again, have been around for a little while. Words like racism, feminism, safe space. And what I had them do was sort these definition sets into either liberal or into conservative, and then answer some questions where they had to analyze and pick apart not only what kinds of things made up the different definitions for the same word, but also how they felt about those definitions and which ones they agreed with more and kind of thought about why some of them may have, might have given them an emotional response. So interestingly, uh, just to look at one student, they said when asked, which individual definition do you agree with most strongly? And I asked why, 
and they said that with victim blaming, they chose the conservative definition because they feel that people should be able to defend themselves when needed. And the follow-up question was, what were some of the tone words you would use to describe liberal definitions? And conversely, what are some of the tone words to describe conservative definitions? And I asked them what words were used to create this tone. The student responded that liberal definitions were more gentle and nurturing, where they saw conservative definitions as being more earnest and honest. This is a student that identifies conservatively, and it makes me so happy to see these kinds of thoughts and ideas being able to be articulated in a way that like students are sometimes for the first time actually thinking about uh, you know what it is that they believe and why they believe it and also kind of exposing them to different points of view as well with this podcast assignment I'm asking them to find articles where they have to find their social justice issue happening in society. Last week, they found articles that agreed with their ideology or their stance on a topic. This week, I'm asking them to find articles that they disagree with. So I've sent them off to some fairly extreme news sources uh, in hopes that they're going to bring back some articles that might make them mad, might make them angry. It'll give them something to argue against on their podcasts. And sometimes that can create more content and have it even be spicier or something that, you know, they can they can spend time picking apart and fighting against. So we'll see how it all works out next week. But judging by this work that was done today, I'm excited. So we've looked at a lot this week, and I hope you've enjoyed this shorter podcast. Ironically, I was going for something less than an hour, and I ended up with my shortest podcast ever. I've got a lot going on this weekend. I have a lot of commitments, and I don't want podcasting to be something that becomes such a burden or cumbersome that I stop it altogether. Some weeks I might end up with an hour, some weeks I might end up with 15 minutes, but I'll always give you a snapshot of where we've been and also try to take a look at where we're going. That's the only way we can keep that hope and live in a world of, you know, being lost and confused. Have you ever loved a band, but their name was literally the worst thing you'd ever heard? Like, just saying their name out loud when you're talking to your friends, you're like, hey, I heard this great band, they're called... And then a little bit of vomit comes into your mouth instead of their name, because you're literally choking down something awful. Well, this band is much like that for me. They're called Radical Face, and there went the vomit. Uh, then, it, uh, I don't understand why such a cool band would have a name like Radical Face. I understand a little bit of the story behind it because I've looked into it, but I've never found a band that had such thematic albums, a band that had such depth. I mean, the lead singer created 
a series of albums that told a story about a family tree in which he creates characters so rich that live out these miniature narrative stories from album to album to where it's literally generations upon generations in music. Now, you wouldn't know this because the songs don't really read that way. You can listen to one of his songs and it sounds just like music. It doesn't sound like storytelling and it definitely doesn't really seem like it's connected to any other song. But if you really listen, if you go a little deeper, you can start to hear names repeated or concepts or themes and you could actually start tracing out the family tree for yourself. This is a song called Secrets, Cellar Door. And it's about redemption and identity and finding out who we are and the special gifts that we have. At least that's what it means to me. I've played this a few times during Academy time, and I actually have students that have become Radical Face fans and listen to this all on their own. And yes, I'm talking about you, Hannah Unsworth. But uh, there's a lot of you other guys that might enjoy this too. So I'm including this as my song for the week, and I hope you guys enjoy. Enjoy. 